Happy, happy hump day to you as you're tuned into another edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Ware, for today, Wednesday, August the 9th, and we're going to continue our theme of talking about the MEAC, and on yesterday had a chance to look at the Hampton Pirates. We started out the week looking at the Norfolk State Spartans, and today we're going to travel up the road as almost far north as you can go for MEAC schools as we're going to take a look at the Morgan State Bears who are coming off a 3-8 and eight season on last year, 3-5 and five in the MEAC. And, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm as objective as I possibly can be. I try to give I, – I'm, I'm, I keep it 100, as they say, as much as um, possible. I just keep it 100. I don't know about as much as possible. Uh, I am a graduate – of Morgan State. So you're going to today you're going to I'm going to give it to you as straight as I've given it to you or as I've ever given it to you since we began these HBCU football daily podcasts on June 19th. I'm going to start here because uh, Morgan State was ineligible on last year for a conference championship. And again, three wins is not going to uh, enable you to win the conference. But that I mean, that was pretty embarrassing to be quite frank with you. But this year, much like what we talked about with Florida A&M, the APR is up. Things are back on track. Morgan State did what it and, and to, to even, you know, be a university, I think, like Morgan State and to even be have an APR issue um, with everything. I mean, when you talk about public institutions in our country, you talk about um, some of the great things happening at Morgan State since I've been a student. I, I I don't even know my way across or around campus. You know, almost twenty years later, there have been so many great things that have happened. So to have a, a, a your your school and for it to be on APR uh, was uh, quite frankly pretty embarrassing. But what Morgan State was able to do was to, um, as a university, take hold of the situation with the APR. And now Morgan State had a spring practice eligible for the MEAC championship and they get uh, four hours, you know, extra hours a week of practice. So they were able to get it done. As a matter of fact, when we had Fred Ferrier on to begin last season, he really broke it down and talked a lot about that when we had him on back in April of 2016 and some of the ways that um, the the Morgan State as a, as a university could fix some of the ills with respect to APR and its football program. And to his word, uh, the, he, the university, uh, was definitely able to do that. Speaking of Coach Ferrier, he played under the interim tag last year. And again, went 3-8 and eight and 3-5. and five. The school signed him to a long-term deal. Now, again, I told you guys I was going to keep it 100 with you. I think it was a good move. And the reason I say that is because you have a guy that is playing under an interim tag. So, you know, it's one of those deals where, I mean, not only did, did he have the interim tag, he had the APR thing, um, and sometimes it's more just it's more than just about the wins and the losses. So as I said, and um, my thought process and philosophy when it comes to APR has always been that it's more of a university thing than it is, 
a coach's deal, but the coach has to also have some accountability in terms of why it happened and then ultimately getting it fixed. And therein you have uh, Fred Ferrier, who you may say, well, three and eight, three and five, um, but able to not, it's just, it's, it's about the infrastructure and, 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 and coach Ferry is extremely organized. He's been a head coach before. So he has the organizational skills to really make some things happen. And by the way, I think that Morgan state's going to be pretty decent um, on a, a, a pretty good, pretty decent football team. I mean, I don't think they're going to be, you know, a top five football team in terms of where they finish. But then again, when I've run down for you, all they have coming back, especially on and, and some new uh, personnel on the offensive side of the football, uh, I'm going to tell you why I think they're going to be much improved and who knows, anything can really happen. So Morgan loses a lot. I mean, let's start there. They lose quite a bit, particularly on the offensive side of the football. Chris Andrews is gone at quarterback. Uh, Lamont Brown the third gone at running back. Orlando Johnson gone at running back. These two young men, pretty good running backs. Uh, first team all MEAC performer offensive lineman, Dominique Woods, gone. Ricky Fisk, Ladarius Spearman, two wide receivers, gone. Then also uh, another wide receiver in Thomas Martin, gone. So <laughs> that's a lot to deal with um, when you're talking about a team that is trying to get over the hump from a 3-8 and eight record, and they have a whole lot of guys gone. But let me tell you why um, I have some optimism when it comes to Morgan State. I'm going to throw two names out to you. The first name I'm going to throw out to you is a young man by the name of Elijah Staley. He's a quarterback. He goes 6'7", 245 pounds. He transferred in from Tyler Jr. College, but prior to that, he was at Mississippi State. He was he was sort of caught up in that quarterback carousel at, at, at Mississippi State. It was just so many quarterbacks, so he opted to transfer, go to JUCO, and then go back to D1, which he ultimately did in signing with uh, with Morgan State. I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't think Morgan State thought that when he came for the visit, they were going to be able to get him. But then again, when you look at the facilities at Morgan State, it's a it's a very nice stadium, great uh, jumbotron, and then the campus is absolutely magnificent, and it is in a major city. All of those things, I'm sure, attracted Elijah Staley, who, by the way, when he was at Mississippi State, did have two played in two games in his red shirt year. So it's going to be interesting to see how he's going to come on and be able to do with uh, with this team who is lacking a whole lot, especially especially in the wide receiver department. I mean, you heard the four receivers that I mentioned that are all gone. But another thing that's going to help Elijah Staley, because a lot of times you can have, you know, and, and, and it's going to have, there are going to be some receivers for Morgan State. It's not that they're not good receivers. They just don't have the experience. Elijah Staley, as good as he's projected to be, are going to make young receivers better. So I think, you, I think you're good there. The other reason is because they got a, a young man, a running back, by the name of Herb Walker Jr., who is coming back. Now, let's look at the story of Herb Walker Jr. Herb Walker Jr. in 2014, and by the way, even before I talk about Herb Walker Jr., um, the other thing is, 
Coach Ferrier is still was still part of he was the offensive coordinator on that team in 2014 that tied to win the MEAC championship. And remember the five way tie in 2014. Well, Morgan State held the tiebreaker and ultimately went on to the FCS playoffs. And really, Morgan has had a pretty solid offense. So I just thought I'd throw that in there also with respect to uh, Coach Ferrier and the long-term deal at Morgan State. So Herb Walker Jr. Well, 2014, uh, I, I can't remember. He either led the MEAC in rushing yards or led the MEAC in rushing yards per game. And that was over Tariq Cohen, who was a, a sophomore that year at uh, North Carolina A&T. 2015, he was ineligible. Uh, he was he was ineligible because of grades. 2016, he got hurt. Last season, he got hurt. He's back. He's healthy. He's ready to rock and roll. Um, you know, yeah. Has it been some time since he's played? It has been some time since he's played. But the bottom line is, I think he's going to be back. I think he's ready to rock and roll, and that's going to be a very good situation for Morgan State, especially when you have Staley in the backfield to have a running back that he can rely upon. And, oh, by the way, they're going to have a pretty good offensive line um, as well. So that is a plus for the Morgan State Bears. Also, um, DeAndre Harris is a guy to look out at quarterback as well if something happens to Staley. And, by the way, um, Harris is going to know the offense better than is Staley because Harris played in this offense on last year. In addition to Herb Walker, uh, Eric Harrell, who was the second leading rusher on the team, comes back as well. So uh, I think the Bears are going to be pretty solid on the offensive side of the football. It's defensively where the Bears, in fact, um, mostly, uh, you know, struggled last year. Although they really, you know, I think maybe some of it, um, a little bit skewed. They did give up close to 200 yards or really 191 yards rushing uh, per game and then about 200 yards or so passing per game. But if they can get the defense right, and I mean, they have some guys that are going to, you know, that are going to be able to uh, do some good things on the defensive side of the football defensive lineman. Jai Franklin is back. Um, defensive lineman Ag- uh, Agbalesi is back. Um, Darius Johnson is back, a couple of uh, defensive backs or another defensive back, and, and Carl Garns is back. So they got some guys. And as a matter of fact, they had some guys that were um, MEAC preseason, uh, all MEAC preseason selections. So, yeah, they're going to have to tighten up on the defense a little bit more. Now, the Bears, I think they are at an, a disadvantage to start the season. Um, Townsend is a very tough program. The two schools, Morgan State and Townsend, are separated by five miles. Townsend has owned that series. They're renewing that rivalry. So the Bears start the season off at Townsend, then they're at Albany, and then they're at FBS opponent Rutgers. So that's a heck of a way to start the season off. Um, Then the Aggies are the first uh, home game and uh, first MEAC game for the Bears on September 23rd. So only four home games for the Bears this season. That is awfully, awfully tough. Although in that middle part of the season, three of five home games because they have A&T at home, Savannah State at home, and Florida A&M at home. They lost to Florida A&M in Tallahassee last year by one point. And, and again, I think Florida A&M is going to be much improved as well. So that's a look at the Morgan State Bears for today, Wednesday, August the ninth and on tomorrow we're going to take a look 
at the Howard Bison. And uh, the Howard Bison got some changes that we're going to talk about. We're going to go down the road from Baltimore to Washington and talk about the Bison. If you've missed any of our podcasts, log on to our website, BoxToRow.com. BoxToRow.com, you can listen on the website or you can download the podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W. And while you're there, if you like the podcast, you don't like them, you one of them you didn't like, you didn't agree with me, you didn't agree, doesn't matter. Use hashtag HBCU125 and let's talk about it. We're talking Howard on tomorrow. Can't walk around like I was your fool. Cause being